0: God has not promised material prosperity to every Christian. It is a great misapplication of the Old Testament to take what is given distinctly to Israel and to simply land it, whether it be commandments or whether it be promises, on the individual
1: Christian's life. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, so we aren't guaranteed prosperity, but even in the Old Testament when God did bless His people, He also gave them some strict instructions.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And while we can't draw straight lines from all of the Old Testament commands to every individual Christian today, nonetheless, there are wonderful principles that are laid out that speak to us very powerfully today. We're going to look at the kind of compassionate society that God called his people to become, in which there were restraints on greed, there was kindness that gave a break to people who were poor. I mean, it's absolutely marvellous when you see this in the Old Testament law. I think the Old Testament law is often laughed at and lampooned, Mm -hmm. but actually there is great kindness that reflects the heart of our Father God, and there are principles that speak to us very powerfully in an increasingly self-centered and often greedy culture that we live in
1: today. Let's begin looking at that in the book of Deuteronomy. We're in chapter 15. As we begin the message, love your neighbor as yourself. Here's Colin.
0: The Gospels tell us about an occasion when someone asked our Lord Jesus this question. Of all the commandments, the man asked, which is the most important? And you know that Jesus answered in this way. He said, the most important commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And then he said, and the second one is like it. The second most important commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. So our Lord Jesus Christ makes it very clear that everything that God asks of you, all that he calls you to be, all that he calls you to do is really summed up in this. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, as this is a short series, uh, I want us to move on to fresh ground uh, today, and that's why we're coming on to chapter 15, which is really an application or an exposition of the fourth commandment that, of course, is the commandment about remembering the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. And what I want us to see here today is that the root of loving God produces the fruit of loving other people. That's always the way it works. We don't generate love from others by some kind of latent power within ourselves. Real self-sacrificing love has its root in love for God. The root of love for God produces the fruit of love for others. And we'll see that increasingly as we move through the book of Deuteronomy. Now, before we plunge into this... I need to say that it is important to remember that the particular applications of the Ten Commandments that are laid out here are given to the nation of Israel. Back in the 12th century, a Jewish philosopher by the name of Maimonides published a definitive list of laws in the old testament in the first five books in the pentateuch that is and he listed it's it's been generally accepted ever since as an accurate description that the first five books of the bible uh, contain 248 commands 365 prohibitions a total of 613 laws in the old testament Um, that's uh, Maimonides' calculation. And you can find it on the internet and lay it out and, and read through the various categorizations. These Old Testament laws relate to worship. They relate to the temple. They relate to sacrifices, how they were to be done. They relate to dietary laws. They relate to vows. They relate to ritual washings. They relate to festivals and a host of other things. And I just need to say that it would be a great mistake to draw a direct line from these Old Testament laws given to Israel to the Christian life today. For example, in uh, chapter 14, that uh, is just before where we are in the scripture now, we have a whole chapter about laws uh, regarding clean and unclean foods. These laws were given to Israel. But in the New Testament, Christ proclaimed all foods clean. That is Mark chapter 7 and verse 29. Uh, This, for example, was a huge issue for the early church. There were people, you see, who said, now to be a Christian, you have to believe in Jesus and keep the 613 Old Testament laws as well. You see, they were called the Judaizers. And the Apostle Paul had to deal with this. And he made it very clear that those who said this kind of thing had turned to a different gospel, which he said, Galatians chapter 1, is really no gospel at all. So I say that just as we come to chapter 15 and in terms of our general understanding of how we apply the book of Deuteronomy, the command, for example, in chapter 15 and verse 1, to cancel all debts every seven years is not a command that God gives to you today. So if someone owes you some money and they repay it to you over a period of, say, 10 years, you are not sinning if you receive that. Now, as we take that in, let me add this other point. It's very important today. In the same way as it would be a great mistake to draw a direct line from all of the 613 commands, positive and negative in the Old Testament, and just drop them onto the Christian life, which is what the Judaizers tried to do. And Paul said, you're turning to another gospel if you do that. In the same way as that would be a huge mistake, it is equally a great mistake to draw a direct line from the promises that are given specifically to Israel and land them, as it were, directly on the Christian today. For example, in chapter 15, read verses 4 and 5. Much beloved by those who are besotted with prosperity teaching. See verses 4 and 5. God will richly bless you if only you fully obey the Lord your God. Now you see, teachers of a prosperity gospel Seize on words like these that were clearly given in the covenant to Israel, and just apply them blithely to every Christian. Obey God, and you will be rich. They say. You'll hear this all the time on television. Verse six: The Lord your God will bless you, and uh, uh, as He has promised you, and you will lend to many nations, and you will you will borrow from none. But this is a promise that is given to Israel. God has not promised material prosperity to every Christian. It is a great misapplication of the Old Testament to take what is given distinctly to Israel and to simply land it, whether it be commandments or whether it be promises, on the individual Christian's life. So I want us to be clear about this, otherwise we will get into all kinds of confusion. If you apply every command of the Old Testament and every promise of the Old Testament that was given to Israel directly to the Christian, you will end up in great confusion and you will end up in great difficulties. We must not take what is distinctive to God's covenant with Israel as if these commands and promises were given to all people in every circumstance. Now, Having said that, the law of God reflects the character of God. And the New Testament makes it clear, speaking about the Old Testament, that all Scripture is God-breathed. All of Deuteronomy, all of the Old Testament, and all of it is useful. That's why we're studying Deuteronomy. It's useful for teaching. It's useful for rebuking, it's useful for correcting, and it's useful for training in righteousness. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All these things in the Old Testament, the Apostle Paul says, were written for us, and they're all there for our benefit. That's why we don't simply detach the New Testament and say this is all we need to worry about. We want to hear the Word of God in every part of the Scripture.
1: And we'll continue in Deuteronomy chapter 15 in just a moment. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Love your neighbor as yourself. It's part of the series, Take Two, The Power of a Fresh Start. And if you've missed any of the series this month, then please come to our website, openthebible.org.uk, and there you can listen to any of the previously broadcast messages. You can also find them as a podcast. Go to your favorite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and subscribe to receive regular updates. Open the Bible is supported entirely by our listeners and as we reach the end of the month, it's the last opportunity to take advantage of our offer. If you're able to support Open the Bible with a regular donation of £5 per month or more, we'd love to send you a book by Alec Mochier called cool. Psalms for the Day. Full details of the offer on our website, openthebible.org.uk. Back to the message now, here's Colin. So what I want us to do today is to
0: see how God's words in Deuteronomy chapter 15 that reflect his glorious character and his purpose, how these words teach us and how they train us and how they rebuke us and how they correct us. So with that introduction that I think is very important for our understanding of the Old Testament, I want to suggest that God speaks to us here in at least five ways. Well, I'm only going to give five ways uh, today. Um, they're not going to grow in the telling, but there may well be more, but I want to give to you these five. Number one, I want us to see here a wonderful glimpse of the abundant provision of God. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse four. There should be no poor among you For in the land the Lord your God is giving you, he will richly bless you. Now remember when God's people came out of the desert, Moses is speaking to them on the verge of the promised land here and they're about to go in under the leadership of Joshua. When they got into the promised land, each family was given a portion of land. Here are these tent dwellers, kids who all their lives have lived in the desert. They owned nothing. And they become property owners with land and a means of establishing an income. And what God gave to them, they were able to pass on to their children, which is why the word inheritance is used here. If ever there was a land of equal opportunity, this was it. Everyone given a house. Everyone given some land. Everyone given the opportunity of generating an income. We have called this series, Take to the Power of a Fresh Start. Boy, God's people had some fresh start in this land where God had supplied all that was needed to sustain all of his people. And so God says in chapter 15 and verse 4, There should be no poor among you. No need for anyone to be poor in the land because everyone is going to be given this wonderful inheritance and the land is abundant with enough to sustain all of God's people. There should be no poor among you. The reality of life in the land though and the reality of life in our world today is that no one fully obeys the Lord our God. None of us loves God with all his heart, and we do not love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So, while there is sufficient that has been supplied by God for everybody, the nature of sin in us is such that God gives us laws to put a brake on human greed. And God gave these laws in Deuteronomy in chapter 15 so that the poor would find relief and so that no one would be trapped long-term in crippling debt. So that brings us to the second way in which this scripture speaks to us. It it speaks to us of the abundant provision of God bringing his people into this good land. Secondly, it speaks to us of the kindness of, of God's law. Think about the kindness of these laws that we've read. At the end of every seven years, verse seven, you must cancel debts. Remember God saying there's no reason why anyone should be in a position of poverty because of the abundance of supply. But in this fallen world, the reality is that Some are going to find themselves in great difficulty and no one is to be trapped there long-term. So says God, I give you this law. At the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. About 60 years ago, a man by the name of Thomas Cameron wrote a book with a beautiful title. He called it The Kindly Laws of the Old Testament. The Kindly Laws. Of the Old Testament. And what Thomas Cameron did was he picked up throughout the Old Testament with it's over uh, 600 laws and commandments there. He picked up just how many of them were an expression of God's kindness to the weakest and the poorest in society. You read through the scriptures, you see it here and in so many other places. The Old Testament is full of laws that were to help the poor that were to deliver people from being trapped in situations of grinding poverty in the long term. And really this Sabbath law, this application of the fourth commandment, the seven-year release in Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 1, it is really the flagship that leads the way, as someone has put it, for a whole flotilla of Old Testament laws that all have this in common. They are the kindness of God with regards to those who have leased. Look at how it was to work, verse 2. Every creditor shall cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite. He shall not require payment from his fellow Israelite or brother because the Lord's time for cancelling debts has been proclaimed. Now folks, think with me about the practical effects of God's kindly law here. Think of how this exercises a restraint on lenders. See, what this is saying is that under this law, there were to be no loans that were for more or longer than seven years. Now, remember, by way of explanation, we're not talking about mortgages for homes here. The homes were given by God to people and if a person became poor and they had to sell the home in order to alleviate their poverty, there was another law that you will be aware of, I'm sure, uh, called the Jubilee Law. You can read about that in Leviticus 25, in which once every 50 years, there was a return of property. But this is not dealing with, with property. It's not dealing with loans with regards to a mortgage. So put homes to one side, where most people we'll have to borrow over a longer period of time. Put that to one side and look at the rest of life and what this law has to teach us. Lenders would be restrained from giving loans that were larger than people could reasonably expect to repay within a period of seven years. So this kindly law of God gives a restraint to lenders. Lenders. Secondly, it gives a discipline for borrowers. Since loans were cancelled at the end of every seven years, if they could not be repaid, what that meant was, by definition, the repayment of loans would be scheduled over a maximum of 84 months. No loan was repayable over a longer schedule than seven years. And in most cases, of course, uh, the loan would be scheduled for repayment uh, considerably sooner. If you were in year four of the seven-year circle th- and you took a loan, it would have to be repaid. The schedule would be for three years. If you were year five in the cycle and you took a loan, you would need to be taking a loan that you could repay within two years. that That's the discipline that clearly this law imposes in relation to to uh, borrowers. There is a restraint. There is a discipline here. This law is not saying, folks, hey, just borrow as much as you want, and then, you know, every seven years just write it off. That's not what it's saying. This is a law for the relief of the poor, for someone who might have taken out a loan that they could reasonably, on a schedule, expect to repay within the seven year period, and then a father has died, or some other calamity has come, and with the best will in the world, they have not been able to do this. The situation has totally changed. And God says, well, rather than them be caught in a trap that will grind on throughout their life, there is to be a year of release and it is to be a blessing in the whole land. So here's the principle. God allows his people to borrow money but he does not want his people living on credit. You have a schedule. You repay it within a limited period of time. And God says, here's a seven-year frame. That's a very good way for thinking about it. And so the principle I think here is very simple. You can borrow if you need to, but borrow as little as you can and repay as fast as you can. And don't borrow more than you can reasonably expect to repay in a short period of time. This is wisdom from God that comes from the Old Testament law that is transferable across cultures and across time. Plan to repay whatever you borrow. Don't borrow what you cannot repay. For the New Testament also says, let no debt remain outstanding. So these are wonderful, kind laws. They give restraint to lenders, and they give discipline to borrowers. Thirdly, and I'm just intrigued to think about this, especially in relation to our time and our culture today. Can you imagine the good that this would do in our court system? The cancelling of all debts every seven years? Luther describes this as a beautiful and fair law, and he says he longs that rulers of the world would imitate it. He says they would have fewer questions, by which he means cases, fewer cases and commotions. For people would know that suits, disputes, debts, dealings, agreements, judgments, seals, and letters would all be removed at one time, canceled in the seventh year, and would not be postponed and continued forever into endless litigation. That's Luther's comment. Well, of course, the various statutes of limitation that we have in our legal system go back to these Old Testament laws and thank God for it. But can you imagine, not simply the statutes of limitation that are on a kind of rolling cycle, but can you imagine the impact of everybody drawing a line at the same time and all claims against you being cancelled and you at the same time cancelling all claims against everyone else? The kindly laws of the Old Testament. By the way, here's just a footnote that I think we can rightly take away from this teaching. For every grievance, there is a time to let go. For every grievance, there is a time to let go.
1: You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, love your neighbor as yourself. And we'll continue with that message on the program next time. It's part of our series, Take Two, The Power of a Fresh Start. And if you've missed any of the series, or you might want to go back and listen again, come to our website, openthebible.org.uk. Or find it as a podcast. Go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and subscribe to receive regular updates. Also on our website, you'll find Open the Bible Daily. That's a series of short two to three minute reflections based on the teaching of Pastor Colin Smith and read in the UK by Sue McCleish. Again, you can find Open the Bible Daily as a podcast. And if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll receive a fresh one every day of the month. Open the Bible is able to stay on this station and on the internet as a result of generous gifts from our listeners, people just like you. And if that's something you'd like to begin to do, if you're able to set up a new donation to Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to send you as a thank you gift a book, Psalms by the Day, and it's written by the Bible scholar Alec Motcher. Colin, who would you say this book is written for? Oh, well, this would be a great resource for anyone who wants to
0: expand the capacity of their own heart. You know, the marvelous thing about the Psalms is that they address every kind of human experience. I mean, you've got joy here, you've got depression, you've got faith, doubt, peace, raging, anger. I mean, the the whole range of human experience is in the Psalms. And Psalms by the Day is just a wonderful resource to open up these marvelous prayers in which we're able to lay before the Lord what we're feeling in our own hearts and what we're experiencing in our own lives and seek from him the help that he alone is able to give.
1: Well, we'd love to send you a copy of this book as a free gift if you're able to set up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more. Full details on our website, Open the Bible. Dot org dot UK. For Open the Bible and for Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I hope you'll be able to join us again next time. When Jesus said, You will always have the poor among you, did he mean, So there's nothing you can do about it? Find out next time on Open the Bible.